This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. City are not done doing business just yet, it seems, as Cheeky and his gang are said to be closing in on a winger and maybe more. We're here to discuss all of City's moving and shaking in the final few weeks of the transfer window. It's Tuesday, August 22nd. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Ollie McCool. I'm Joe Ritchie. And this is the City Report Podcast. It's here for good to win! It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now... Hello, Joe. Welcome back to the show. How are things? Good. Good, Adam. I'm uh, a little more rested than I think you are from your weekend, but uh, I'm doing good. Looking forward to talking a bit of transfers and city and everything. How are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, I spent the the week in New York City, which is as mentally exhausting as it is physically exhausting with all the travel. Um, back back in town for some of uh, some weddings from Laura's friend, childhood friends. Um, which was good. A lot of Taylor Swift. Ali McCool would like that. Uh, Ali, how are you? I'm not bad, thanks. Um, yeah, good weekend. Good show yesterday. Oh, no complaints here, really. Didn't have a wedding to go to, unlike you, but, you know, probably better for my sleep and period of rest than what you've had the last few days. Yes, it certainly was. And and as you mentioned, the Newcastle game, um, if you have not listened to yesterday's show, go back and do that after this episode to get all of the analysis from from Ollie, Amos, and Andrew on that game. Um, let's shift our focus onto the football then, and, and we're going to hone in on some of the business that City may be doing in the coming days. Um, we'll start with Jeremy Doku, who has kind of quickly become the name on, on City fans' lips in, in recent days. Um, Fabrizio Romano has reported the deal is is all but complete and, and City will sign the Belgian winger for a fee of around 55 million pounds. We've got the here we go. Um, I've got a couple questions regarding this deal because it's a bit of a funny one. I'll start with you, Ali. This isn't a very 
City-esque deal given the the current state of the squad and the, the type of players that Guardiola has been so keen on recruiting in recent seasons, is it? Every child deserves a chance to live their best life and celebrate every moment. You can help St. Jude Children's Research Hospital give kids with cancer that chance. When you support St. Jude through your employee giving program, you can help make cures possible for kids with cancer. Together, we can save more lives. Help the kids of St. Jude today one paycheck at a time by making a payroll deduction gift through your employee giving program. Tap or click the banner now to learn more. Hey, Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. No, not really. Um, I mean, it's kind of, we've been crying out for a winger, what feels like all summer since it was kind of clear Maris was going to go and then did go to Saudi Arabia. And then it's kind of two have come along at once with the emergence of Cole Palmer in the early games of the season. And then now Jeremy Doku. Um, and he doesn't, the eye test suggests that he's not a particularly city winger in the, in the kind of current sense of what Guardiola wants. He wants someone who retains possession, wants someone who can slow the game down and speed it up at the right time, you know, attack the box, stay wide. And this, and and Jeremy Doku has been known to be a kind of pacey getting behind the lines, you know, not very useful against low blocks, which is what City face a lot of the time. So, but, Checking out his stats and his underlying numbers, he actually compares really nicely to a lot of City wingers and City targets. So it kind of feels like one that the board, I don't want to say have pushed on Pep, but it feels like this has not come so much from Pep, but it's a name that they're sort of hedging hedging their bets on almost, really, because we all know about Jeremy Doku and him being this kind of immensely talented, you know, young potential, but... Have we seen it yet? I'm not entirely convinced. But maybe that's why it's good to bring him in under Pep because Pep Guardiola knows how to get the best out of any sort of player. Well, I didn't want to bring this up yet, but you make a good point about Pep and and maybe this isn't a signing for Pep or or by Pep. Um, And right before we jumped on here to record, now it's worth mentioning that we're recording this on the Monday afternoon, Monday evening UK time. By the time you're listening to this, you know the deal may be announced or we have more concrete evidence of it being completed. Um, but, but Ali brings up a good point, Joe, and, and Amos mentioned something in our group chat just before this. And are we getting to the stage now where city's transfer business may be geared towards the post pep era? And that's not necessarily to say we're starting to plan for the post pep era, but it's coming. Um, you know, the mountain has been climbed at this point with winning the treble. Um, you could, absolutely see a universe in which he he walks away at the end of this contract and you know he'll, he'll walk away a legend forever um but is it about time that the board maybe are making some signings that you know they're considering their future 10 years down the line that's not to say they haven't before um but you could consider you know back then if you were looking five years down the line it, it was still in a pep world and it may not be anymore yeah i don't know if it's me just not wanting to think of the idea of Pep leaving Manchester City or just truly how I feel. But I'm not sure I totally align with that thinking. And and the reason I say that is there were reports today that, you know, City are prepared to go into the market for a midfielder for Pep and, and back him 
pretty significantly. To me, it doesn't make sense that you're going to back one position and not another. It's a, you know, you put 11 players out on the pitch for a reason. So I'm not sure I totally back that. And I think, you know, with the Doku signing in particular, should it go through, it's to me just City saying, or or the board probably just acknowledging that there needs to be a little bit more versatility up front. I think with Mares leaving, and, you know, I think we'll get to the Cole Palmer talk a little bit later, but Palmer feels a little bit more of a Mares player. We know what Gra- Grealish is. We know what Bernardo is if he plays that wide. There's not a whole lot of get it your man and I don't think too that Doku's more of a he's not a Sané player he's not really a bombing in behind he likes to take his man on but I think we'll see as he develops under Pep that he's going to turn into a link-up play winger a lot more than people think so to answer your question I think it's more just the board saying this is a talent that we've identified he's been linked in the past there's a there's a need out wide on both sides which for City's sake is great because we know Grealish is going to need backup so you have your left wing right wing depth He's 21 years old, just like Vardiol. You're looking at potentially eight to 10 years of a player um, performing at a high level. So I think it's just about making a smart signing rather than, oh, this is something that we're planning for post-pep. Well, I'll stick with you, Joe. Is the direct comparison not Raheem Sterling? I think it's far more Raheem Sterling than anything. Um, I do think that Doku's a little bit more direct than Raheem Sterling, which is wild to say out loud because obviously Raheem in his prime was about as direct of a player as you'd get. But um, I think for those that haven't seen Doku play regularly, I think a lot of people like myself or for many a player will go to YouTube, watch highlights, etc. The The good thing about him is everything that you see on YouTube. The, the things that you don't see on YouTube are that, well, he will take on his man left, right, and center. He may also turn over the ball. He may lose the possession that City so valuably cherished. So I'm very curious how Pep integrates him, whether it be on the left or on the right, um, where it seems like last season was built around a sturdy defense and a side that just really, if they were losing the ball, it was just to try to get it to Holland, which they barely did anyway. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what they do with that. I think he is probably more for direct comparison sake of Sterling, but I still think his game overall um currently differs and will continue to differ from Raheem in in certain ways. Well, it kind of opens up a deeper discussion, Ali, because I I feel like we're almost coming full circle in a a style of play and and style of players kind of sense here with Pep, because, you know, we start the Pep era and, you know, we can really say the Pep era started in in 2017, 18, after the first big spending spree that summer. Um, And we do have the pacey wingers, the direct wingers and Sané and Sterling and, and, and that team was just swashbuckling up and down, up and down. And then, you know, there's a couple of sucker punches in the Champions League where City are vulnerable on the counterattack. And, and we start to, to move into this era of control and trying to eliminate the counterattacks and keeping the ball more. And now we come all the way to this treble winning season in which the thing that gets City over the line on multiple occasions is that defense and the midfield and the fact that there was just a brick wall of, of I'll use the term that I used last week on Gavardi All and Co., which is just a brick wall of man meat. There was just too much man meat for opponents to get through at a certain point. Um, are we now coming full circle in the sense that we do have this brick wall and we have so much security when the ball gets turned over to deal with anything that comes the other direction that you can actually be a bit more ambitious and direct and have these Sterling-esque players and Sané-esque players like Doku and even Kovacic, who's a player that doesn't, you know, move slowly. He's direct. He drives at midfield. He drives the ball forwards. Are we coming full circle and kind of seeing maybe a more 
direct and dynamic attack in the near future? I mean, I, th- I think you could probably make the argument, especially with Phil Foden and kind of what what seems to have been earmarked as his role and you know duty within the squad this season. You know, being that between the lines player, you know, picking up the ball in dangerous areas, driving forward with it immediately, making the pass to the to the forward to, fin- to finish. Um, you know, and we've and we've seen a little bit of that with Jack Grealish, what Pep wants from him and how his role's sort of evolving. I think I think because that back foot, well, back five, you know, so the the four centre backs and Rodri, you know, however however it's lined up, whether it's a man alongside Rodri or whether or whether we go to a traditional back four at points, that back five is so strong that you can kind of put anyone in the front five. And you know it's going to work. And you and you look and you look at it. You know, Erling Haaland, not a traditional sort of Pep striker by any means. Um, definitely not for a City side focused all around control. And that's why we saw the change come in. Uh, Phil Foden, rap, rapid, you know, player who you know wants to be in the pockets, wants to pick up in dangerous areas, move the ball. Now Jeremy Doku, who is you know is someone who likes to take on his man. You know, we've how many times have we? been screaming out even in, even in a treble winning season uh, Amar is our greatest just take on your fullback take on your fullback we know you can beat him so it's I, I, th- I think we could see an evolution towards and to bring up a stat of Doku's uh, he's in the 99th percentile for successful take-ons in league on 6.5 per 90 that's ridiculous that is genuinely ridiculous so it's going to add a whole new dynamic um, if he's going to play regularly um, and I th- and I think the good thing is he's a right-footed attacker, which we don't have many of. You know, in terms in terms of the front, traditional front three wingers and striker, we've got we've got Alvarez and Grealish. That's it, really. Bernardo's left-footed, Foden's left-footed, Palmer's left-footed, Haaland's left-footed. Mm. There's been a bit of a dominance of left-footers in this squad. So I think having someone who can almost give Grealish a bit of a challenge for his spot. Um, in a more traditional way, like Grealish, you know, right foot, you know, can cut, come in, cutting, cutting from the left, and have a go at goal. You know, maybe the shot won't be blocked by the first man. You know, three or four times a game, as we occasionally often see with Grealish, because he does only he has a very limited shot repertoire, really. So there's real potential with this one, and I think that's that, I think that's the word that we're probably going to repeat all podcast on here. It's the word that we're going to be repeating a lot about Jeremy Doku all year, probably. You know, potential. We'll, I think we're going to see a lot of it, but are we going to see a lot of end result in this first year? Pep and the way we've seen him integrate attackers in the past doesn't suggest so. Um, but I think this is a, this is a signing for you know a year, eighteen months down the line. It's not a signing for right now. I think. It's a bo- it's bringing in a body for right now because we evidently need them and you know the bench is only going to get thinner as this window goes on, but uh, in I think at eighteen months two years we'll see the results of it whether whether Pepe's still our manager or not. And I think just to kind of backpack off of that question, Adam, and the one you asked me originally about you know is this a Pep signing? I think it's actually now that I think about it and in hearing Ollie, it's more of a, a potentially just building around Holland signing and. and what I mean by that is both Doku. Look at look at just all the signings this summer so far, right? Kovacic is a very progressive player. He wants to bring the ball forward. We've seen already in his brief, you know, what three four appearances between preseason and and now that he wants to get the ball to Holland far more than we saw from any midfielder last season. Look at Vardiol, you know, any of his minutes at Leipzig in the last couple of years. He's he's that type of player who wants to bring the ball forward. 
He wants to play the balls down the channel. He wants to get it to his, his big striker up front. And the same goes for Doku. You know, obviously he's far more up the pitch than the last two I mentioned, but he's a player who wants to take on his man, get the ball into the box. He's, he's not a, a goal scoring winger like a Riyad Mahrez or, you know, to a lesser extent, Cole Palmer, but he's someone who can put the ball where Erling Holland needs it and just create something out of nothing, which were in the past couple of weeks. And really at the end of last season, it felt like things were a little bit stale. I think, uh, Doku is the type of player where whether it's from the starter or off the bench, he can come in and freshen things up. So I, to me, the recruitment strategy seems more tailored to Erling Holland than it does Pep Guardiola at this point, which is which is really interesting. And that's certainly an exciting prospect because I think many people, including me, really wanted to see Raheem Sterling play along Erling Holland because I think the the downfall or the demise of of Raheem Sterling at City was Aguero's kind of. Um, being drip fed out of the team. Um, you know, he linked up so well with Aguero in, in those two seasons and um, and he was really lacking there. So it will be really interesting to see a Sterling-esque player alongside Holland potentially to see what they can do together. What does this mean for players like Phil Foden and Bernardo Silva? Because we've heard reports today from, from ESPN and again, today means uh, the Monday. So there may be far more information on the Tuesday when you guys are listening to this. But we've heard reports today from ESPN that City, and you mentioned earlier, Joe, that they, they're also going to be looking for a midfielder to to continue a, a potential big spending spree. Is this strictly depth, Ollie, or is it potentially to, you know, really drive home that Bernardo is a winger? Maybe Phil Foden goes back to the wing because the midfield maybe gets a little bit packed but I don't think anybody wants to see that um so if, if we're looking at a midfielder is this purely depth or is this somebody that's going to be a big money come slot straight into the to the starting 11 and and kind of rejig things I think it it depends on who we buy really you know apparently you know talk talking to people who you know tend to be in the know with transfers and the reports and who City have gone after in this window in the, in the midfield, you know, we're looking at a 70 to 90 million pound signing, you know, so what's a hundred million dollars for us audience. Big, big money is available for a midfielder this for the, in the, in these last what two weeks, 10 days of the window. Um, I don't know who they're going to find because, you know, Lucas Paqueta has ruled out because, you know, he, you know whatever's been going on with Betway, and you know his, his struggles with the FA. Then apparently he's turned down a chance to go to an interview this week, or West Ham have turned it down, um, and that's being delayed. So that's evidently not going to happen in the next ten days. Danny Olmo's apparently said no. Florian Verts said he wants to stay at Leverkusen to not affect his Euros chances. Um, who are we going to sign? <laughs> I really, I really don't know. Especially you know for such a big fee. That doesn't suggest to me. That doesn't suggest to me a depth player. That does not suggest to me, you know, that we're bringing in someone to sit on the bench. That suggests to me we're bringing in someone to come in and play. Um, and what what it means what it means for Bernardes, I think he's he's going to be our first choice right winger, regardless of Doku, regardless of whether Palmer stays, regardless of whatever's done. He's going to stay our first choice winger. He's been Pep's first choice. I think if Pep could have one player in his lineup, he would, you know, have eleven of them. It would be eleven Bernardo Silvers. Um, because he just can do a bit of everything, and he's you know he's I pretty much Pep's favourite child at this point, um, which is no bad thing. As for Phil, you know 
his versatility is both his biggest strength and probably his biggest downfall at the moment because he can play so beautifully in midfield as we saw against Newcastle. I raved, I raved about him on Monday's episode about just how good he was. I, I thought it was the best performance we've seen from him at City, um, best performance of his career of, in his entire career. I genuinely believe that. So I want to see more of that. I want to see him in midfield. I want to see him picking up those pockets behind the strikers. Um, and if we're bringing in someone for 80 or 90 million, I'd, Will he continue that? I'm not 100% sure. But whoever we're bringing in, it's going to be someone for the first team. That's guaranteed with the money we're paying. Um, I mean, everyone said Jack Greeley show he's only coming in as a bench as a bench warmer um, after paying £100 million for him. And now look at him. He's first choice left winger. It took him a little while, but he got there. And now, he, and now he's first choice. But now look, he's got he's having a replacement coming, a potential replacement coming in in Doku. You know, it's just how it works at City. You've got to fight for your place every single day. And the moment you drop, that you know there's always going to be somewhere to pick someone to pick it back up. Absolutely, yeah. That'll do for part one. We'll be back in part two to talk a little bit more about the wingers that City have on offer currently. The NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Before we talk any more football, if you are new here, hit follow, hit subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. That is the best way for us to get this show out to more blues like you. Joe, I'll come to you. We're going to talk about Jackie G. And we had some interesting comments from Pep Guardiola after the Newcastle game. And um, as I said at the at the top of the show, I was in New York, but I was able to watch this game on mute in a, in a basement somewhere in Long Island. Um, and Are you sure you weren't kidnapped? Or? No, I actually was in Long Island, unfortunately. Um, but we had these comments from, from Guardiola after the game. He said, still, he does not have that brilliance in the final third, but we need him for that. But what can I say when he behaves against Trippier, against Almiron, the way he did, helping Yasko all the time? Now, these are some interesting quotes because we rarely see Pep Guardiola criticize City players in the media. And look, this isn't; these aren't very harsh words. You know, it's a bit more of a rallying cry than anything. Um, are we worried about Grealish's start to the season? Now, we know he's... Not necessarily a player that racks up the goals and assists, um, but we did see him come on leaps and bounds last season. Um, is there a fear of a regression after last year, or is he just kind of getting his feet under? Yeah, to be blunt, I'm not worried at all. Um, I think Grealish is the type of player, and this really goes for his entire senior career, that he takes a few games. He needs consistent game time to be at his best. We saw that especially last season after the World Cup. 
He was playing game in and game out. Um, obviously, he didn't play a ton this preseason. Um, I believe he didn't feature at all in the Community Shield. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Or I'm against making, Burnley, I or think. Or against right? Burnley, yeah. Um, you know, reports that he's had a bit of a uh, niggling hip injury. So I think, you know, that's just an over. And I'm not saying by you, Adam, but an overreaction by anyone who, who really is concerned based off two games. Um, so for me, I think it's just getting him consistent game time. I, th- I think what's actually interesting now is he's almost benefiting from the signing of a Doku and that he's kind of separating himself as a bit of an anomaly in the city wingers. If Cole Palmer sticks around and you have a Doku and Foden plays out there, Jack's kind of this, I guess Bernardo is too, but a little bit of a specialty winger, which is funny because it felt like we were trying to sign three of them <laughs> come, come last year. So I'm not worried about him. Um, I, I think at the end of the day though, to Pep's point, you know, the goal output needs to increase. No, that's not a secret to anybody. Jack will admit that. Pep will admit that. I think we're all in agreement there. You know, you lose Mars, his goals will get to Palmer. We don't know what that future looks like, but he does need to up the goal output, whether it's assists or just outright goals. He needs to find a way to, to me, add a second, some sort of a second motion in his attack because it's becoming so predictable where he's cutting in. The moment he cuts in, if he doesn't have an overlapping fullback, which he doesn't, he's just going to put a shot on goal in front of three people and it's going to get blocked. So to me, he needs to find some sort of way to either play off of maybe it's Kovacic getting more adept to the system and and working around him, or if Bernardo's playing in kind of that left-sided eight role, you know, maybe that's an option. But to me, that's just one facet of his game that needs to be worked on. But I have the utmost confidence that he'll continue to improve as the season goes on. Ali, Joe mentioned it there at the end. Is is Grealish struggling with basically a lack of support on that side. You know, if it's Yasko Gavardial or, or Nathan Ake, neither of those two are going to be making any sort of, of overlapping runs and providing any more width. I mean, you know, Grealish is absolutely the man that provides the width and the tempo on the left-hand side. But but typically his only option is to take a man on or go far backwards. Um, is he Is he kind of struggling on an island a little bit? I, th- I think, you know, you can make the argument for it because there was times when he played with Sergio Gomez last season who was, at one point, our only overlapping fullback at the club um, out of all of them, well, all two, three of them. Um, so, you know, he, he's he's played better with an overlapping fullback. And if you go back to his time at Villa, he always had an overlapping fullback. That's the way Villa always played under Dean Smith. It was the two fullbacks run up, get up, get up the pitch, and Jack had a free roll where he could basically... You, you don't want to say you don't want to tell a footballer to do what he likes, but Jack Grealish hadn't. That was about as much tactical instruction as he as he ever got from Dean Smith, really, because he was the creative hub of that side. He was the force, and he's come to City where he's a cog in the machine. Um, and I think that first year, you know, the, the, there's always been reports of Jack Grealish and how he expected far more output uh, in terms of goals and assists. You know, he he said he said in interviews, I expected to turn up and I'd be getting twenty goals, twenty assists because of the side city are but he's come here and realized that no it's it's not it's not that simple you know playing for manchester city is really it's very difficult thing to do and for a player like Grealish, who is so mercurial and has you know some special qualities about him you know, the way he glides on the ball and you know and the, you know the way he can take him out on when, when he when he takes on his fullback i think he's you know, he's one of the best in the world at it because he's so good at just, you know, getting into space, getting out of space, you know, going one way, going the other. Um, so I, I think I think any conversation about get, get, getting, 
getting him an overlapping fullback is a bit pointless because we don't have the, we don't have the makeup for that in our squad really. You know, we're not going to see Sergio Gomez starting 20 30 games a season just to just so Jack Grealish can cut in from the left and go a bit further. Um I think Grealish is going to have to adapt his game a bit further and we've seen and we've seen that we saw and we saw progression because you didn't play with an overlapping fullback for the second half of the season where he was absolutely fantastic against Bayern Munich. He was really good against Real Madrid. He had a tough game in the Champions League final, but then again, it's a a final. They're always a bit cagey. They're always a bit more difficult. But he had some great games in the running last year. Um, Whether the goals and assists were there is a different story, but he was playing fantastically and and at the top of his game for City. So I think once this injury is out of the way, and it and I think having another player there like Doku coming in is only going to help that because it means we can put him on the bench for a bit and get him, and get him some rest and get him some recovery time. Um, you know, getting over that injury and then just giving him some games to settle back in and get back into the rhythm, he'll he'll come good again. Um, and you know, with a bit of working on his finishing, you know, working with the full, working with the striking coaches and the attacking and working on his attacking play he'll develop extra tricks in his re- in his repertoire to bring out um but i i think it's going to be a bit frustrating at this point because we are probably going to see him cutting in three or four times a game and the shot just gets blocked because that's the that's what city come up against we come up against these low blocks it's crap to watch it's crap for city to play against but we've got to find a way through jack Grealish can sometimes do that and at one point one of these shots will come off and he'll score a great goal and we'll all go, isn't he fantastic? Because he is. We all love Jack Grealish on this podcast. All of us kept our stocks in him, as we, as it's so called on football Twitter. And I think they've all paid off quite handsomely. So I think it's just, it's not so much waiting for it to co- for him to come good again. It's just waiting for, you know, him to get back to where he, you know, get back to that level. Because after a summer break and after the season he had, it's more, it's normal. Considering if I had drank that amount of alcohol at any point in my life, I would have been hung over until my 80th birthday. I, I would imagine he's probably still a bit uh, a bit sleepy coming into this new season. But we're going to flip flanks for a second. And, and before we get out of here, talk about Cole Palmer, another man who loves to cut inside onto his, uh, his opposite foot. Um, what does all of this mean for Cole Palmer, Joe? Um, obviously, if Doku comes in, that's more competition on the wing. Um, Bernardo Silva clearly is, as you said, the first choice right winger at this point. Um, We did have an interesting quote from Palmer this week. He said, I have no idea what the future holds. I just want to play football. Obviously, the best scenario is to stay at City and play, but obviously you know what the competition is like. If they bring someone in, I don't know, end quote. What does the future hold from him? Because Great goal in the Super Cup. Great goal in the Community Shield. It felt like this is the season when we felt like maybe there wasn't any, you know, great competition for him because of the outgoings and the lack of replacements up to this point. But with a little bit more business done in the window, he kind of falls right back down the pecking order, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm worried in that I'm a massive Cole Palmer fan. Um, I've been a fan of his since he was with the academy. I just. I think he's got all the tools to be a world-class winger at any level in any country for any team. Um, I I really rate him that highly. And for me, my concern is that City aren't going to spend 60-odd million pounds to not play Jeremy Doku. I'm not saying he's going to light the world (laughs) on fire, you know, first couple months, but they're going to play him. They're going to play him on the left as Jack's backup. They're going to play him on the right. He's going to have a lot of appearances off the bench. 
he's just going to be involved. And, and it's just minutes that Cole, in my opinion, should be having. Um, I was firmly in the camp that I'd much rather just keep Cole Palmer than sign Jeremy Doku. And I, to be honest, I still am. Um, obviously, it might be a little late for that. But yeah, I mean, my gut is, is telling me that Cole's probably going to push for a move away. And I don't blame him for that. Um, I think the club have effectively said by spending this money on Doku that he's not a top priority for them. He's certainly in their plans, but I just don't think they view him as a must have uh, prospect right now. And and I think my biggest thing is there's plenty of, plenty of clubs lining up to spend significant money to sign Cole Palmer. So I wouldn't blame him in the slightest. If a Brighton come along, a Leipzig come along, hopefully not West Ham, but a West Ham come along and, and say, Hey, here's 25, 30 million pounds. Um, we can offer you first team football. This might be a bit of a stretch, but the Euros are on the horizon. Who knows? Um, and and I think that's a, an option that he seriously has to consider. So um, I think it's unfortunate if he does leave. I think it's one of those deals that, and I said it on last week's podcast, and I've said it time and time again. I think City will regret it far more than they than they did the Lavia deal. So I hope he sticks around. I think there's a role for him, but I'm not so certain he will. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same camp. Uh, I think I think I think there's a place for him with Doku coming in, especially this first year. The, the the way I see it is, you know, Jeremy Do- Jeremy Doku comes in, Cole Palmer stays, and we're probably looking at you know B- Bernardo's apparently going to have a release clause in this new contract that he's getting signed anytime soon. So you'd pro- you'd imagine he's probably going to be going next summer in 2024. At that point. You know, if we sell Cole Palmer, we're going to be going out and buying, you know, a 60 to 80, potentially 100 million pound player next summer for the attack. What, what, why, why get rid of him? What, why not just commit to him a little bit now? Because he's, he's been a brilliant, been a brilliant player for us in the youth teams. I remember when I first watched him and I was enchanted by him. He's just a phenomenal little player. Um, the nickname, the nickname I gave him when I made him the best player in the world and football manager was the Withenshaw Maradona because uh, he just plays like an absolute little genius. Um, and you know, I think we all remember, you know, when he came on against Burnley a couple of seasons ago and then went over to the academy and scored a hat trick in ninety minutes uh, the same day. The, you know, the, that's what Cole Palmer is. Uh, you know, he's confidence in one of his first TV TV interviews. So you've scored in the FA Cup, you've scored in the Champions League, you've scored in the Carabao Cup, Prem soon come. And it became this almost cultural, you know, phrase for City fans. Cole Palmer could could be an absolute, you know, an icon at this club. And like and like you say, Joe, the Euros aren't too far away. And you think a bit of a bit of first team football, a bit of regular first team football, he's going. I think there's going to be a real clamour for him to be in that squad because he is just as talented as a Bakaya Saka, as a Marcus Rashford, if not more. And he brings a profile that England don't really have outside of Phil Foden. And even then, Phil Foden is not the perfect comparison. Um, I, th- I, th- I think there's, you know, we're selling it. We're selling an England international here. You know, at the end of the day, if, we, if we're selling an England international and getting 25, 30 million for him, I feel we're being shortchanged because we're going to be spending 60, 80 million pounds to replace him or Bernard, or Bernardo nominally next summer anyway. Yeah, and you're looking at a profile too, like you said, Ollie. It's something England don't have. To me, it's something City don't have. They just sold that profile to Saudi Arabia. You're looking at 15 goals a season from Riyad Mahrez that's out the door. I firmly believe that in all comps, that's something Cole Palmer could easily do this season and and, and do this season, right? That's the thing. Jeremy Doku's going to come in. He's going to be 
I think he's going to be electric on the ball. When he's at his highs, everyone's going to love him, but he's not going to give you the goal output that I think City so desperately need in losing Gundogan and Mares. And Cole Palmer knows the system. He's ready. He, he, he can do it now. So why, like you said, why sell him now, then look to probably buy another profile like that next summer when Bernardo potentially leaves. So I get it. He loves football. He wants to play football. He has every right to feel that way. I just wish that City would give him the opportunity that I think he's he warranted at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Only only time will tell. Only time will tell with Cole. Hopefully, he doesn't become just the next bag of cash to come out of the uh, out of the academy. But we'll wrap up there. Before we get out of here, hit follow, hit subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review if you enjoy the show. That is the best way for us to get the show out to more blues like you. Ollie, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Joe, thank you. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Until next time, see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.